prophets, religions and books. Islam Some people say, Islam orders Muslims to invade, kill, burn, destroy countries and to put people to the sword for the sake of their religion, calling this jihad, meaning holy war. This assertion is completely wrong. The essence of jihad as defined by Islam is not to ruin countries or to kill people, but to propagate the religion and at the same time to protect the religion, which is never done by destroying, burning or cruelty. Islam only commands defense and struggle against transgressors. On the other hand, Christians, as we have mentioned above at length, have not shied away from committing the most horrible murders in the name of religion. And despite Hadrat Isa's or Jesus' teachings and advice on mercy and fairness, they have perpetrated all kinds of evil and savagery. History teems with examples of their atrocities. In contrast, according to Islam, a Muslim should never apply any sort of aggression upon anyone. If a Muslim or his religion is attacked, he first tries to dissuade the aggressor politely. In case his efforts are unsuccessful, he sues him and the court inflicts the necessary punishment with justice. If he cannot get his right, even through the court, he will retire either into his house or into his place of business. He will keep away from his transgressors. If his house or place of business is attacked, he will move away, that is, he will leave that city. If he cannot find any city to move in, he will leave that country. If he cannot find any Muslim country to move to, he will move to any non-Muslim country where human rights are respected. A Muslim does not attack anyone with his hands or tongue, nor does he violate anyone's property, possession, chastity or honor. Jihad means to communicate Allah Ta'ala's true religion to his created slaves. This can be done by using the sword to eliminate cruel and exploiting dictators who hamper Allah Ta'ala's religion from reaching his slaves. First, it begins with admonishing and moral preaching and then in the case of disobedience or opposition, these obstructions are eliminated by other means. Jihad with force is done not by individuals but by the Islamic State. In the 256th verse of Surat al-Baqarah in the Quran al-Karim, it states, there is no compulsion in religion. In contrast with the usual methods of Christians, Muslims do not attempt to convert a person to Islam by having recourse to any means, meaning by force or by promising material advantages. He who wants to be a Muslim becomes a Muslim willingly. Muslims cause non-Muslims to embrace Islam with their sweet, logical and reasonable words and with their moral conduct and model behavior. Those who prefer not to become Muslims live freely under the protection of the Islamic State as non-Muslim countrymen. They have the same rights and freedoms as Muslims.
they freely perform their own religious rituals. These are explained in the book The Al Kulub from page 293 onward. It is narrated in the 70th story of the book Manakub Chahar Yariguzin. A caravan of merchants made a night's halt immediately outside Medina. Since they were exhausted, they soon fell asleep. Omar, radiallahu ta'ala an, the caliph, who was walking one of his usual beats around the city, saw them. He went to Abdul Rahman ibn Aws, radiallahu ta'ala an, house, and said to him, A caravan is here tonight. They are all disbelievers, but they have consigned themselves to our protection. They have many valuable goods. I fear that strangers or travelers may rob them. Come along, let's guard them. They guarded them until the next morning and then went to the mosque for the morning prayer. A youngster among the merchants had not slept. He followed them, inquiring about them. He found out that the person who had guarded them was Umar the Caliph. Radiallahu anhu. He went back and told his companions all about this. Seeing the mercy and compassion of the exalted Caliph, who had routed the Roman and Iranian armies, who had conquered numerous cities, and who was so well known for his justice, they concluded that Islam was the true religion and willingly became Muslims altogether. As it is written in the same book, Manakib, during Hadrat Umar's an, Caliphate, Sa'd ibn Abu Waqqas, an, the commander of the Eastern Front, wanted to have a villa built in Kufa city. He had to buy a Magian's house, which was next to his parcel. The Magian did not want to sell his house. The Magian went home and conferred with his wife, who said, they have the Amur al-Mu'minin in Medina. Go to him and lodge a complaint with him. He went to Medina and asked about the Caliph's palace. The people he asked answered that the Caliph did not have a palace or a villa and that he had gone outside the city. So he too left the city to look for him. There were no soldiers or guards around. He saw someone sleeping on the ground. He asked the man if he had seen Caliph Umar. In fact, the man he asked was the Caliph Umar himself. He asked the Magian why he was looking for the Caliph Umar. The man answered, His commander coerces me to sell him my house. I came here to lodge a complaint against him. Hadrat Umar went to his home taking the Magian along with him. He asked for some paper, but they could not find any paper in the house. He saw a shoulder blade and asked for it. He wrote as follows on the bone, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, meaning, In the name of Allah, the compassionate, the merciful. Lo, Sad, do not hurt this Magian's heart, otherwise come to me at once. The Magian took the bone and went back home. He said, I went to all this lot of trouble for nothing. If I give this piece of bone to the commander, he'll think 
he is being teased and will become very angry. But when his wife insisted, he went to Saad. Saad was sitting and chatting cheerfully with his soldiers. No sooner had he caught sight of the handwriting on the bone in the Magian's hand, who was standing at some distance, than he turned pale, for he had recognized the Amirul Mu'minin Umar's an, handwriting. The abrupt change surprised everybody. Saad an, approached the Magian and said, I'll do whatever you want me to, but please don't do anything that will make me look guilty in Umar's an, presence, for I cannot endure the punishment inflicted by him. Seeing the commander begging surprised the Magian to the degree of madness. When he regained his senses, he immediately became a Muslim. When others asked him how he had become a Muslim, his answer was, I saw their Amir, meaning chief, sleeping on the soil with a patched coat. I saw how his commanders trembled with fear of him. I, therefore, came to the conclusion that they were in the right religion. Such justice for a fire worshipper like me could only have been done by believers of the right religion. History Professor Shibli Numani, Chief of India's Assembly of Nadwatul Ulama and the author of the famous book Al-Intikad passed away in 1332 or 1914. His book, Al-Faruq, in Urdu, was translated into Persian by Sardar Asadullah Khan's mother, who was a sister of Nadir Shah, the emperor of Afghanistan. The translation was printed with Nadir Shah's command in Lahore in 1352 or 1933. It says on its 180th page, Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah an, made his men announce the Caliph Umar's an, commands in every city he conquered. When he conquered Humus city, he said, O Byzantines, with the help of Allah Ta'ala and commanded by our Caliph Umar, an, we have conquered this city too. You are all free in your trade, business and worship. No one will even touch your property, life or chastity. Islam's justice shall be applied to you and your rights shall be observed the same way. Against attacks coming from without, we shall protect you as we protect Muslims. As we tax Muslims with zakat of animals and ushr in return for this service, so shall we ask you to pay us the jizya once a year. Allah Ta'ala commands us to serve you and to tax you with jizya. The amount of jizya is 40 grams of silver from the poor, 80 grams from the middle class and 160 grams from the rich. Other commodities such as corn of equal value may be given instead of silver. Women, children, the ill, the destitute, the old and men of religion are not taxed with jizya. The Byzantines of Humus paid their jizyas willingly and gave them to Habib ibn Muslim, the chief of Baytul Mal. 
when intelligence reported that Heraclius had been recruiting soldiers all over his country and was making preparations to attack from the Antioch front. It was decided that the soldiers in Humus should join the forces at Yarmouk. Abu Ubaidah had his officials announce to the city, O Christians, I promised to serve you, to protect you, in return for which I took the jizya from you. But now, as I have been commanded by the Caliph, I am leaving here to help my brothers who will perform a holy war against Heraclius. I shall not be able to keep my promise to you. So, come all of you to the Baytulmal and take your jizyas back. Your names and contributions are recorded in our registry. The same was done in most of the Syrian cities. Seeing this justice, this mercy on the part of Muslims, the Christians were extremely delighted to know that they were freed from the cruelty and torment which the Byzantine emperor had been exercising on them for many years. They shed tears of joy. Most of them became Muslims willingly. Of their own accord, they spied upon the Byzantine armies for the Muslim armies. Thus, Abu Ubaidah was daily informed about all the movements of Heraclius's army. These Byzantine spies played a major role in the great victory of Yarmouk. The establishment and enlargement of the Islamic states was not accomplished by aggression or by killing. The great and main power that kept up those states and kept them alive was the power of Iman or belief, the power of justice, goodness, honesty and self-sacrifice which Islam cherishes greatly.